This is Mona Lisa Baseball, Season 2, Episode 22. So today I want to talk about a number of things, all right? Yep. We are going to talk about the Astros being on fire. Yep. Uh, we want to talk about playoff money. Okay. New stats. Yep. They're not really new, but they're new to you, and we're going to break some of them down. New to me. Yeah. Oh, fun. Okay. What you won't like is I want to talk about Pujols. Pujols. Eh, you know. Mm-hmm. Your favorite. You can milk me for something on Pujols. They nominated Juan Soto for a gold glove. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, we'll talk about something kind of magic happened in a game with the Padres against the Phillies I want to talk about. And we have a non-baseball fan who watched playoffs uh, because of the show. Wow. Is there anything you want to talk about? I got to say the first thing that I thought was funny before you asked me anything is because the series went so quick. There was a five-day delay to the World Series, and yeah. it was already booked that way, so they couldn't do anything about it. So that kind of furthers the <laughs> the theory or the proof that journalists don't document the game. They create primetime experiences, two weekends worth. They literally have to have game one Friday. It's on the TV schedule. It's printed in the TV guide. Yes. That's it. They already printed it. It's printed in the TV guide. That's going to sound dated, but couldn't be more true. Oh, so I recently was speculating on the average age of a baseball fan. Oh, no. It's 57, not 61 or oh, 63. okay. Yeah. So, well, you know, a little off there. <laughs> Apparently, a bunch of guys died or they figured out they were already dead. That does kind of feel like the median fan is the 57-year-old in your section. I'm really excited about doing the show, getting excited. I mean, this is probably about as excited about baseball that I've been in a while where I got to go to a game, one game the last two years. So I'm really excited about baseball, which is really cool. I'm reading more about baseball than ever. What I'm into right now is looking for known baseball authors that I haven't read yet. And I'm pretty open to the age, but it seems like the further back it goes, the more I kind of gravitate towards it, just the way that they describe it. And yet, at the very same time, when I'm the most enthusiastic about baseball that I've been for in many, many years, that's when the gnarliest shit's happening. So it makes sense that my brain's attuned for what's happening right now because it's really, really major and uh, it's getting brushed aside with a, uh, <laughs> uh, dare I say, frivolity that is shocking, really. I don't think people really, it's actually hit them what it's going to be like next year. And it's going to be, uh, with the clocks, it's going to develop a lot, a lot of interesting conversations. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of talk about baseball and, uh, I'm just having a blast doing it. Yeah. In the next couple of years, I think there's going to be quite a, I mean, who the fuck knows what happens the next two years, you know? Well, if people only watch the playoffs and they suspend the stupid rules for the playoffs, then no one will even notice. I can't remember if it was you or someone else, but I got sent the attendance numbers. That was me. Okay. The A's. A's last. Yep. Pegged at the bottom. You had to scroll all the way to the bottom. I got to say, I was really impressed. I think there were two or three teams that drew over 3 million. St. Louis was one. And uh, it just kind of gave me a thought where you go, all right, Maybe it's being blown out of proportion when people say the attendance is down, you know, 6% a year for X amount of years. You have multiple ballparks drawn over 3 million. I mean, that's baseball's rolling right along. No, 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 no. No, that's what we mean when we say that baseball is still popular regionally, but overall it is losing popularity. 
So I see. Yeah, because if you're just going off attendance. Overall, things are down, but there are towns where people still love baseball, like Philadelphia. Yeah. In Philadelphia, they're going to break the record for the most expensive World Series tickets in history. Oh, shit. They're already second right now. And, you know, this is StubHub data. We have the StubHub data. <laughs> it's in. And uh, only second to the 2016 Cubs, right? Okay. And you're going to like this, that the NLCS outsold the ALCS by 50%, according to StubHub data. Whoa. And the Phillies tickets are going for way more than the Astros tickets. Jeez. A rabid baseball town. You know, I've been waiting to say this to you. Uh, the third place Phillies. How does that sound? <laughs> you mean how like... I read that in print and it really hit me hard. How three teams in one division made the playoffs? The third place Phillies are going to the World Series. I mean, when you actually read the words, it's a little frightening. It really exemplifies the tournament end of it. Yeah. Just qualify, baby, and get hot in October. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the Phillies rise. We have a very obvious West Coast bias. <laughs> no, I'm really feeling the hurt right now for the National League. I mean, uh, obviously the Phillies are a good team, but I'm feeling the hurt where yeah. to not get a 111 Dodger representation. Yes, it, it, right. I really feel the loss of not playing my best team. Go Phillies. As a, you know, like National League representative. It just seems like the Phillies should have to do more to knock off the Dodgers in the playoff structure. Well, we talked about how it was actually the Padres that knocked off the Dodgers. No, that's what I mean, though. It's it's like the Dodgers didn't really get a say. Yeah. It's too right. hard for them to defend their turf in terms of 111 wins because baseball is such a, such a chance game. Well, I mean, you want to talk about Philly and the Padres. I want to talk about this. Uh, there was, in their game five, <laughs> it started to rain for a second, right? Uh, Padres are down. Okay. okay. There's two wild pitches in a row. Mm. Padres start coming. They come back. Okay. They take the lead. I'm thinking the baseball gods are real. Yeah. Because it stopped raining the very next inning. Huh. Yeah, it immediately stopped raining. <laughs> you know, try to try to grip a pitch when the rain's coming down hard. And, and they know they can look at the radar and go, it's gonna, just going to pass. You right. Know? Talk about using up the pitch clock every second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the baseball gods are not real because the Padres still lost the series, um, just like all other gods. <laughs> well, the baseball gods are they're such a long time frame operationally where you'd think, mm. you know, like the baseball gods of the Red Sox sure have written a hell of a script. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's some Old Testament shit right there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but they were delivered to the promised land, finally. I think every baseball fan was happy for them. Yeah, totally. I was. I was psyched. You have to be. I was thinking back on this. I don't believe I really watched any of the Red Sox Cardinal games. I think I watched all of the Red Sox Yankee games. <laughs> and then the World Series, oh, you just kept hearing, yeah, Sox won again, won again, won again. And then it was three up. You knew they'd sweep. But I don't think I saw any of the World Series that year. But I remember the, the very tangible feeling of Boston must be going berserk in a way that i could never understand right now yeah it was on fire sounds like it was pretty fun so talking about uh being on fire you asked me previously like what's the hot team it's definitely the astros they are undefeated in the playoffs undefeated yep that's awesome <laughs> don't you love it do the astros have the best american league record 
So the Astros had 106 and the Guardians had 96. Fuck. Yeah, they had the best. Dude, I, the Astros are definitely going. I, I'm calling it for the Astros. The book, I'm sure the bookies have it for the Astros. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing. Check this out. <laughs> Guess what series the Astros played their final series before the end of the regular season. Guess who they played? Ooh. I mean, you won't you won't be able to guess because it, it was the Phillies. No fucking way. It was, yeah, because of interleague, it's all the time. And <laughs> the final series. Yeah, their final series before the end of the regular season was with the Phillies. They took two out of three and outscored them 13 to five, including a shutout. I mean, how can you not Damn. be thinking, uh yeah, Stroh's again. Yeah, man. So let's try to explain some of these new stats to you. You, you want to learn about some of these yeah, new stats? Yeah, lay it on me. You're ready. I can't promise you I'll get it, but I'll try. You don't have to memorize this stuff, but you want to know and I'm going to tell you. Okay. OPS. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about that one. <laughs> it's on base plus slugging. On base Simple. plus slugging. Yeah, it's a really easy one. Why do people like it? It's a more accurate way of measuring someone's production. That you're getting closer to what you really want. You know, like you're getting further and further away from a dumb stat like RBIs. We'll talk about RBIs later. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. This is two episodes in a row where you're kind of downgrading the RBI. I want to know why. Well, because it's the worst possible stat to try to judge how good a player is. You mean people get overrated too easily if they have a high amount of RBIs? <laughs> So you may you may have just had somebody who was, you know, you had a couple of guys in front of you who just really had a on-base percentage. So, of course, you're going to get RBIs, you know, even on flyouts and stuff like that. Whereas somebody else without those two guys in front of him, he doesn't get that. You know, so OPS, it's just, it's a number that combines two other numbers. It's just a, it's a shorthand. Oh, so it's kind of, okay. It's a little bit shorthand. Yeah, but when you're trying to distill the offensive the raw offensive production of somebody like yeah how many bases are they going to produce like ops is getting you closer than other numbers right because if you follow the money ball formula at least the scene of he gets on base yeah hey they're getting base on balls <laughs> they're getting doubles they're they're involving themselves and people rounding bases so yeah well the money ball uh, equation is the war equation and we'll get to that later okay I want to start with these simple ones first. Okay. Next. So now that we understand OPS. Math class is going well so far. I'm going to tell you it's going to get really weird when we get to war. Let's get to the next one. <sighs> I'm already. Whip. Whip, right. Pitching stat. Oh, you know that. That's good. Yep. Okay. Okay. Got anything else? Wins, hits, innings, pitched. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Almost. I mean, you just... I'm one off, huh? You finish strong. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just read the official thing, right? Yes. It's the sum of a pitcher's walks and hits divided by his total innings pitched. Walks and hits. So how often they're letting someone get on base. Exactly. It's a lot like OPS in that way, right? Yeah, okay. You're taking a couple of numbers and you're just just distilling them down into one number. Yeah. Now imagine (laughs) that you have an infinite number of numbers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's war. Jesus. Yeah, war is the most complicated stat that exists almost. Different entities have different ways of calculating war. War stands for wins above replacement, right? This is what Jonah Hill invented in uh, Moneyball. Okay. He invented it. Wow. 
but he he didn't. That's the joke, right? The, the music swells. I figured it out. Oh. We just need to see if a guy is better than some other guy. The music didn't swell. That we can get for the base salary. Hatterberg. Wins above replacement. It's factored for a million things. Your position, um, how many positions you can play, uh, you know, all your batting uh, stats, all your defensive stats. Nice. All that stuff. There's a lot that goes into calculating war and there's different ways to do it. If you're curious out there about like what is analytic baseball, like what the what are you guys even talking about? Well, we're talking about war. Yeah, it's not really that interesting to me. I know. <laughs> you know who the uh baseball writer Dan Ockrent? Yeah, what about him? He's basically a stats geek, but he he loves the game as well. He's the guy that or one of a couple, I guess, that invented the original rotisserie league fantasy baseball because he felt like he could choose a better team than his other baseball friends because he knew more about <laughs> baseball than they did. Prove it. So that's kind of how it got started. He's just sort of one of those natural baseball minds. Clearly, there's a group of people that dive the fuck into baseball stat, like completely geek out on baseball stats. And it's kind of one of those more power to them type of things. As a game developer, it's difficult to write good AI that can beat the player unless you break production down, right? Unless you can find ways to quantify how good something is. Yeah. And so war is, and the different versions of it are all inarguably better ways to evaluate how valuable a player is on your team. <laughs> it's almost cheating. Hiring Jonah Hill's character was cheating. <laughs> so we can win the game. Hatterberg. I mean, is it cheating? I don't know. I love it. They're outsmarting you. Yeah. No, exactly. But I also don't like some of the effects that, you know, this thinking does have on the game. I've got another stat for you that is Great. not as complicated. I think you'll actually really, really like this one. Right. This one's going to be fun. Yeah, I want to have fun. And then I'm going to take a shit on top of it. All right. That's what baseball does best these days. You ready for this? It's called OAA. Oh, I don't think I've heard of this one. It's a way to evaluate the defensive capabilities of a player. Okay. And it stands for All right. outs above average. Okay, so it's like how many outs are mm. do we think you're getting based on you know you throwing people out in close plays? All this stuff it's very complicated, but you're gonna like this one better because I don't think there's been a good stat for this. We've yeah. got so many offensive stats. It's a great call. We don't have good defensive stats. We, I mean, you and I didn't have that. Definitely not. When we were like collecting baseball cards, there was nothing on the back for defensive stuff. I mean, maybe errors, maybe. Tops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had errors. Tops might have done that. Yeah. The full stats. That's not fair, though, because shortstops, yeah. depending on your position, you're just going to, there's just more chances. No, you know what I think is on a good old school Tops baseball card was fielding percentage. Oh, they did have fielding percentage. And they would also do a thing where they'd put it in italics if you were the league leader. Yeah. You could compile some information that way and kind of get used to what numbers are good ones. Yeah, and I can I'm looking at the numbers right now and the top 6 are second baseman, shortstop and uh center fielders and a third baseman. So like, you know, right field, left field, first base, these are your beefy guys. Sure. Probably not your best defensive players when they're being brought up in the minors, they're being funneled into these positions based on their body type. Yep. 
based on what the trainers were seeing, based on maybe an injury they had. Who knows? Okay. Okay. Who knows? Outs above replacement, though, is a great way to evaluate how valuable someone is on your team. And guess what? This just does go into war. This is like a subset of war in a way. Right. Yeah. Because war does account for your defensive abilities well. Oh. I want to let you know that Rawlings has announced <laughs> the 2022 Gold Glove candidates. Okay. And if only there was a way we could evaluate the defensive capabilities of these players. Oh, wow. This is interesting. Wow. God, because defensive gold glove probably used to be 100% subjective outside of, <laughs> you know, errors and assists. Um, you'd watch Ozzy Smith play and you go, I think Ozzy's the best defensive shortstop. <laughs> Let's give it to Ozzy. <laughs> Isn't that why you ask the sports writers? Because they've watched it and they should know like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if the numbers reflect this, but this guy, right. uh, I've seen him throw. Right. Well, now we have this OAA. It just says the number. Whoever has the best number. We can rank these guys on a vertical scale. Okay. Just get the award. Yeah. You know, I was rooting for the Padres. Yeah. This year. Just purely for underdog reasons. uh, West Coast bias reasons. Yeah. And, you know, Juan Soto. Okay. We've talked about what is Juan Soto money. Yeah. (laughs) This guy is worth uh, almost a half a billion or whatever. And... They did nominate him for a gold glove, except that he is at the very bottom of this list of OAA. Okay. He is okay. tied uh, for two other people with the second lowest. And they gave him a gold glove nomination, Juan Soto. Why? Why? Yeah, that's a really good question. What's going on at Rawlings? You guys are freaking crazy. So talk to me about theory here. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> the fuck's going on i don't know it's he's juan soto he deserves it he's so good give him a trophy for this even though he doesn't deserve it i don't know that's stupid uh when you guys came in with the original juan soto money at 400 something million (laughs) um i found it impossible that i you were still talking about a rod in season one bro (laughs) so is he all that is he these contracts have gone up since then is he all that man have you seen him play enough to know his war must have been really high how much have you seen him play? Not that much, but he can hit the ball with the bat. Uh, what's his position? Obviously. On defense. Right field? Yeah, he's in right field. He's he's a hit the ball with a bat guy. Remember the right fielder, right? Oh, I've got an update for you. All right. Before the new rule, the Shohei Atani rule this year, Shohei did play right field last year. Oh, okay. I think one or two times. So. I have thought about that every now and again and how that still surprised me. And I was thinking, God, maybe he's just, he doesn't want to fuck around with the other positions. He just wants to be a pitcher that hits. I wonder how the universal managers are going to feel once you get rid of the National League manager style, the double switch artist. I wonder how that's going to feel in the world of managers right now where you go, man, wonder if there's guys looking at each other going, really miss that National League. Uh, managing the AL just isn't as good. We talk about the slow boil, right? And think about how many interleague games they've been playing. So all the time, these these NL managers have to play AL style. Yeah, They're that's doing true. It all the time. And it's not even like... I mean, the AL probably started sniveling once they had too many... They were sniveling so hard. Like AL pitchers were like, oh, I hate these interleague games where I have to bat. God. 
that was big driving force behind the unspoken thing that we will not talk about. So unfair. Okay. So I want your movie review of <laughs> Battered Bastards of Baseball. Go. I loved it. It was wonderful. Can you imagine? I mean, this is like a, this, you couldn't make that up. It was so good. I know. It was like a dream come true movie for me. Right? Like an independent team. Are you kidding me? You're right. I mean, this has got to be your inspiration for Everything. starting up a new league or something. And how stoked were you on Kurt Russell's baseball family? That guy. It's on Netflix. Everyone go watch it. Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's great. Watch it. The way that the town attached themselves to the ragtag guys that just play ball in their unique ways, it's a slightly different spin on Moneyball where... This weird eccentric guy felt like he could pull out some talent and they won a lot of baseball. They were getting first place. They had more attendance than some pro teams. <laughs> In Portland. The people voted with their attendance, with their tickets. Like, yeah. I mean, listen to the people. Please, MLB. Come on. Yeah. Attendance is down. Oh, thanks for sharing. Attendance is down. That's not a joke. Like, attendance is down. Is everything okay? All right. I just fell in the chair. I got to, I just broke yeah. something. I got to get up. You didn't break anything in your body, did you? I could have cracked my head open there. Tragedy. You're yeah, okay. I'm okay. We're back. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, totally. No injuries. Okay. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, let me hurt you in a different way mentally. Mm. Albert Pujols hit his 703rd knock and he passed Babe Ruth for the most RBI of all time. Oh, most RBIs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you play a really long time and you're really strong uh, and you play for a lot of good teams and you hit third or fourth. You're going to have a lot of opportunities for RBIs. Yeah. And he, he pulled it off a full career. It's amazing. 700 homers. Uh-huh. What is it? Four guys? RBIs. In terms of RBIs. Yep. Now he's in second behind Hank Aaron. Okay. Did you see what the number was when he passed Ruth? Around 2,000, I'm thinking? It was 2,216, and he finished the season with a couple more, and Aaron's got 80 more than that, or 79. Oh, wow. Is he going to play one more year? Is he going to get 79 RBIs in a year? I mean, it could happen, right? He could? Yeah, I know, right? How many knocks did he hit this year? 30? Albert Pujols home run 2022. How many fucking knocks this year? I bet it wasn't that many. Let's see if I'm right. 24. 24 oversold the bastard that's pretty good when you're in your 40s although talk to barry bonds about it yeah you want to know the list of the all-time home run record leaders right no i mean i know it you know it i know it dogs know it albert pojos is in fourth <laughs> yeah 703 he could pass the babe for home runs next year yes if he plays he's got he'll play i don't see why he wouldn't didn't he make like 40 million this year or something stupid he just needs 12 more He's coming back. Think how expensive the games will be when he's about to get that. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Bond's kind of ruined it. Where is that really even <laughs> fun anymore? Yeah. The chase to watch an old guy pass an old... Uh, I just think that's kind of lost its luster. Maybe not. I mean, it seems like the people in St. Louis were loving it. Or at least that's what I heard. I didn't. Someone in St. Louis so stoked to think that maybe... He's going to pass Babe Ruth next year. I guarantee you that they're going to make t-shirts. People are going to go crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you want to take that away from them. 
<laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you villain. You're such an evil man. It seems anticlimactic. To Talk me. about the fun police. Anonymous one wants to take the DH out of the NL so that Albert Pulse has to hit his home runs in New York or Tampa Bay instead of in, in St. Louis. If you didn't say that, I would have forgot. And that is what's so valuable is yep. the team, if they want Albert Pujols to keep playing, should be paying a tax for having him in the lineup, which is put him somewhere on defense. Yeah, I know. I know. Real baseball. From what I remember, he's a pretty damn good fielder, and he plays a good first base. So how much cooler is it if he's still at first base as a 40-whatever-year-old? It's just so much cooler. This is what it takes to pass Babe Ruth. These are the hoops you have to jump through. You have to change the rules. Oh, I'm I'm connecting the dots here. After you were just talking about Pujols and selling a lot of tickets and they're going to be able to sell the shit out of his historic chase or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they tie together. Well, good luck passing Hank Aaron and, and Barry Bonds, though. That's definitely the next... That's up there. That's 40 more. That's a lot. No, he'll do... I think he's good for one more year. He wants the RBI record and he wants to pass Babe Ruth and then that's about all he can ask for. He should be a first baseman, though. I mean, I don't want to speculate. This is so wrong. It's so wrong of me, but like, if I was that, and I am that age, and I'm still playing baseball, I'd be on everything they give me. Give me it all. I want the testosterone boosters. I want- Give me the, the bennies. The human growth hormone. I, maybe not the bennies. I don't know. I think- Speed freak. That's burning at both sides. Maybe he's doing that. I don't know. One more year, your last year, take the greenies. Go for it. Fuck it. I heard Daryl Strawberry describing what it's like hitting- on speed yeah. and he's describing it as the ball just looks like a big old grapefruit coming in <laughs> how cool is that visual a lot of these video games have this thing in them where you can like cast a spell or take a drug and it just slows down time yeah you know and <laughs> i like that what a perfect thing for a video game if you're sped up everything's slowed down oh yeah you gotta have them power-ups yeah definitely video games are all about yeah yeah power up this is be right up here alley wonder if you got to come across this one, but uh, Baseball Simulator 1000. That was the first power-up game that I'd ever heard of. There were pitching power-ups, too, where the ball would be invisible. You could do power-ups like... An invisible ball. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, that's coming. That's coming. 2052. Yeah, you can use it once an inning, uh, as long as you don't step off twice. You might want to look that one up. I think you'd have interest in it. Baseball Simulator 1000. It probably came out in 88 or something like that. There's maybe five fields you can play on. This wasn't in the days where you played the Cubs and you played at Wrigley. This was where this <laughs> the ball fields were very general. But this game, that had four or five options. And one of them was uh, space. <laughs> and one of them is was brown, I remember. Brown. Which kind of <laughs> it's such a funny name it kind of resembles the sandlot or something like uh, that it's dirt it's dirt lot but yeah basically that but then space was kind of you know a jetsons ish ballpark but it's all you know 80s graphics probably something that bring back perhaps fond memories did they have the low gravity in space uh there, it might have been slightly easier to hit bombs there how fun would it be to play baseball with a low gravity uh <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's the concept behind the the guy that brought the golf club up into space. Or what about playing baseball with higher gravity? Maybe that would be even more interesting. Well, check this out. 
Imagine what this would do for baseball. This and this alone, all parks push their fences back. What would happen to baseball? Not as many people would watch it. You think? Yeah. Why not? Chicks dig the long ball. I don't really feel like that many people just tune in for home runs. They've kind of been forced to because it's kind of been proven that home runs, you know, theoretically win a lot of games. Okay, so you think the home run is overblown. I got an idea. It's become too large of a pie slice of baseball, I would I would say. So you think they should push the fences out? Definitely. I think it would make it... Well, not... That will never happen. I mean, and not everyone universally, but if ballparks had the courage to... Well, the trend is going in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking tell me about it. Well, I mean, they're bringing the fences in these days. Fucking tell me about it. I've watched this happen for 30 years. <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen it in San it's Francisco. See. You already know what it, this looks like. I don't have to explain it to makes you. Makes me sick. Yeah. That's, that's one of the coolest things about reading old baseball books is you'll see an old picture in right center and you go, 455 to right center? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You want to see a ballpark that looks like that. Well, because they had those old style stadiums that were giant squares and you could just play any kind of sport on them other than baseball. Like, you could do anything out there. They have all kinds of events out there. Like, you know, like dressage. It was a crazy venue and I think it only lasted one or two years. But it was when they were building Dodger Stadium, they played where USC plays their football games. Same place the 84 Olympics, Summer Olympics were. It's a field that makes absolutely no sense for baseball. But when you see the aerial footage, you go, eh, You know, it's fun to have weird fields. Something funky and cool. Like You've talked about that a bunch. Weird fields are just different fields. It's okay. It's fun. It's interesting. It makes the game more interesting. It makes the home team have an advantage. It's just... It's part of baseball. One of the beautiful things about baseball is you can have a weird field. It's fine. Go to Boston. It's weird. It's fine, though. Nobody's questioning it. No one's telling them they need to push that fence back or whatever. It's just a baseball field, and it's got its own quirks. If you play left field in Boston, good luck. Oh, man. You've got to play it off that. you got to learn how to play it off a wall. That'd be so fun as an outfielder. And how interesting is that, that we can say that there's a strategy that has to be applied in just one park almost? Yep. You know, that's cool. Fuck yeah. So let's keep the cool. <laughs> let's keep the cool. Let's keep, yeah, balls getting lost in the ivy. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. at Wrigley, right? I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm always on the look for funky baseball books, old ones, picture books, all that type of stuff. I just discovered a, a field I'd never seen before, and it was in Austin, Texas. And I think it lasted, I think they were playing baseball on it from the 20s, maybe all the way to the mid-60s or mid-70s. And it had, <laughs> get this, it had actual bluffs in the outfield. There was like a 15-foot bluff in the outfield. If it went above that, the outfielder had to basically climb the bluffs to throw the ball back in. <laughs> Nice. This is real. I saw a picture of it. Yeah. Were the weeds high? Like sunflowers um, out there? Not really weeds, but it was a field unlike I'd ever seen. It was legitimate bluffs. I have some good news. All right. I got a friend who started listening to the show. Not a baseball fan. He watched a playoff game because of the show. Was there anything in particular that uh, drew this person? Or what is keeping them listening? Boy, you know. 
a non-baseball fan. Okay, why are people listening to the show? What is the appeal of the show? I actually think that we have something. something. I think that I wouldn't be doing this anymore with you if I didn't think we actually had a little something special. Yeah. And I think that it's hard for me to explain what we are. It's very easy for me to explain what we are not. Okay. Okay. And what we are not is we're not like every other podcast YouTube channel. Every other one I find, they are on board with these rule changes. Every single one. And it doesn't even seem like every rule change are just like, yes. They're just with it yes. because they they are subjects to this thinking. They're just like, they know what's best. I'm going along. I'm along for the ride. They say this will make it better and I believe them. And we are here to say... No, we disagree. We do not think that some of these changes will make the game better. I couldn't fathom seeing them and thinking they're a good idea. <laughs> it's really hard to find anyone anywhere being critical of the league. Well, I'll agree. That is that is what we are not. That is for sure. Yeah, like we are adversarial, really. Like we're, I, mean, we, I see people who aren't baseball fans poo-poo it. Sort of. Oh, what are you, a baseball guy? I hate that sport. I'm uh, football is for me. Oh, that's that doesn't. Well, that guy's automatically disqualified. Yeah. Okay, we covered the movie. Uh, oh, the battered bastards of baseball. Yeah. So, what was your favorite part? Like, give me. What do you do? You think? It was a baseball story I'd never heard. You didn't really know where it was headed, and then you get so swept up in how the team is described to you that you think you know how they'll play the game. And you think, well, they're probably going to be real lousy, but the fans will love them at least. But they turn out to be winners. <laughs> yeah, And it just kind of proved the style of team you have can attract fans. And as long as you have a fan base, that's really all you need to have a successful baseball team. Right. Uh, obviously, winning is more fun than losing, mm -hmm. but it's not... As if, you know, having a bad year, you got to dismantle. It showed kind of the character of baseball in terms of audience members might attach themselves to a certain person that, and I think this is what the scouts used to look for, is kind of that special talent that maybe not everyone sees the talent in someone, but you did, and they might be a great defensive player with, you know, the capability to learn how to hit later. Uh, and not everyone has to fit this box of big power. And it's going to be hard to turn off that trend if teams with a bunch of power hitters are winning a bunch of games. It's going to be hard to turn that off. But fans lose. But if we put the fences back, I don't know. Could change the way it's played. <laughs> More doubles and triples. You want to put the fences back? Not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because I think you'd want to build the park around that. So once the next phase of ballpark building happens, it'd be cool if a team mixed in a park with some bigger dimensions. Be way cool. I wonder sometimes, you know, we talk about baseball being regionally popular. Like I wonder sometimes if we might actually lose teams. Oh, down from 30. Actually cancel yeah. big league teams. I don't know, man. I just I hear rumors that if this trend continues these teams are no longer like financially viable and there's a lot of other teams who are like why are we paying this luxury tax all these other you know profit sharing things to these other teams like they're parasites parasites yeah 
Well, I mean, someone would come in and buy the A's for a billion, wouldn't they? Two billion? What are the A's worth? I don't know. What are they worth now versus what are they worth in Las Vegas? I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. I'm sure someone would pay over a billion for them. So it sounds like the more they're cheating the luxury tax system. than I think they're tanking on purpose. This is major league. <laughs> We've covered this. Major league tanking. This this is exactly what I think. I don't care. It's inflammatory to say it, but uh, I think it's true. Yeah. They are one foot out the door. This Howard Terminal thing is not happening. Goodbye, A's. <laughs> sounds like maybe one more year in Oakland. Yeah, we've actually talked about that a lot. We talked a lot about the A's. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fun topic. You know? It really is. It's it's a good example of as strong as your weakest link, where right now they're the uh, clear loser in terms of attendance and irrelevancy. Is it coincidence the team that brought you Moneyball is now the joke of the entire league? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but is it a joke if it's all part of their plan? Yeah. Could be. The joke's on us. They're going such a silly direction with it that it's got to be a joke. Uh, But again, we seem to be the only ones that might be thinking that. Because you're a genuine person, you start calculating things like loyalty and things like that into the equation. I don't think that calculates into their equation at all. I agree. It's not part of the war statistics. (laughs) There's no, this guy plays with heart in war. By Rawlings Mid again. And you peer into the looking glass of baseball. I'm such a clumpy fucking asshole. No, I want to know. No, 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 no. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. No. have like a solid wood chair this is an example of like when the good old things are better the third place phillies are going to the world series